Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I told you I got a lot of jokes. Y'all say amen. And when you talk about money matters, it's kind of like my only time to tell them, so I've got to get them all out. Here's one for you. Let me have your attention. Two men were marooned on a tiny island. One man paced back and forth, worried and scared, while the other man sat back, resting and whistling and sunning himself. The first man said, aren't you afraid we're going to die out here? Nope, said the second man. How can you be so sure, the first man asked. Well, the second man said, I make $100,000 a month. I tithe faithfully to my church. My pastor will find me. (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs up. I think that's a good one. Deidre, Deidre talks wholeness. Facebook comment. She said, I grew up in the church where the offering plate was passed around two or maybe three times. They kept saying, oh, we know you can give more. I got so where I kept a few dollars back because I knew they were coming around again. When my family and I attended Calvary Chapel years ago, I saw how you gave on your way out after service, and I was so moved. The structure of the church really touched me, and I've missed it. No show in the services at Calvary Chapel, just true authenticity. Thank you, Calvary Chapel, Carrie. That was from my post. Oh, praise God. Just a hair, just a second. That was from my post uh, on Saturday, as each week on Facebook I post uh, what I'm going to be teaching uh, on that Sunday morning. So uh, that sister used to attend this church as well. So if you were with me last week, you know that we began our 2023 sermon series on Money Matters. And let's be honest, saints. When you talk about money in the church, it's kind of awkward, isn't it? I mean, when the pastor talks about money, it seems a little awkward because it does seem a little self-serving. I mean, the pastor works at the church, so it seems a little self-serving. And I think another reason why we find money talk in the church awkward because we don't want anybody telling us what to do with money. 
People don't want the pastor to tell them what to do. They don't want a friend to tell them what to do. And quite honestly, they don't even want God to tell them what to do with their money. So we talked about last week, if you were with us, and we made the point. I'm not going to belabor the point, but I do think it is worth um, bringing it up again. That there is a direct connection between your heart and money. There is a direct link in your spiritual relationship and money. If you want to reach spiritual maturity, you will never get there until you embrace this fact that you are not the owner, you are the steward. I'm going to say that again. If you want to reach spiritual maturity, you are never going to get there until you realize that you are not the owner, you are the steward. And as the steward, God has entrusted time, talent, and treasure to you. Not so that you can claim possession. If you're listening to me, say amen. Not so that you can claim possession and ownership, but so that you can act responsibly with what God trusted you with. Then if God asks you to give something, he can readily get it from you. Giving should characterize the life of the believer. Because Jesus was a giver, did you know? God So love the world, this is basic and fundamental to our faith and to who we are as a Christian. God loved the world that he did what? He gave. Jesus was a giver. And don't get me wrong, I realize that, and I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this. I realize that the process of giving, the giving is a process. It is a process, and it's an issue sometimes of learning and obedience. I give you that, because when we're born into the world, we are not born with that understanding of giving. I think as we grow, and especially as we grow as Christians, we have to learn from the Holy Spirit to give. I mean, when you're born into the world, think about it. What's the first words? That a toddler learns. No, actually, no is the second word. Mine is the first word. Am I right about it? The first word that a toddler learns is mine. What's that say? Ownership. Possession. Keep your paws off. Mine, right? We are born selfish little people. Your baby is a selfish little baby. Next time you see your kids, they come here, little selfish little kid. Because they really are, right? Don't say that. Okay, fine. But here's my point. You have to teach your child to share. Am I right about that? You have to train and, and instruct them to give and, 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 to be, and to be broken out of that selfishness. And unfortunately, some folks, they grow and they never get out of that point of selfishness. You, you, you get, folk get grown and they grow up and they stay in that mind They stay in that place. Now, understand something. 
Although we're talking about giving and finances and money, giving goes far beyond your finances. We're talking giving in every area that is a suppository of wealth. We're talking in every area that God has made deposits into your life. Here's a good definition of giving. Here's a good definition. To present voluntarily without expecting compensation. To commit to another as a trust or a responsibility. You know, I went to Webster's for a good definition, and I hated their definition, so I wrote my own. Say amen, because that's better. To present voluntarily, oh, y'all put my name there. To present voluntarily without expecting compensation, to commit to another as a trust or responsibility. So saints, when you give in the offering boxes or you give on the app or you give electronically or even direct withdrawal from your check, people do that, you know, from your work, you set it up that way. Um, You're giving, watch this, listen to me close because this kind of gets a little bit personal from here. You are giving, and you're giving with the understanding and trusting in the leadership of this church. We understand that you are trusting the leadership to be good stewards and to act responsibly with the finances of this church. You are not giving so that the leadership can buy the pastor a helicopter. Go hunt your neighbor and say, oh, he's about to preach now. That's the truth. You're not giving so you can buy the pastor a jet in a palatial mansion with a tennis court in a swimming pool, movie stars. You don't give for that reason. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against palatial mansions. And I'm not against tennis courts. I'm just saying, when the servant of the Lord is living from the gifts and the ties and the hard work of people in the congregation, it doesn't matter what size that congregation is, that servant ought to live soberly before the people of God. Sober, that's all I'm saying. Because where does it stop? I mean, there's a whole discussion out there. I'm not going to bore y'all, but there's a whole discussion out there with uh, how many people's in the church. And, okay, if there's 40,000 people, well, then we gauge the salary based off that. Well, then where does that stop? I say it stops. The salaries are based on my needs. That's all I care about. I don't need a million dollars a year. The Lord provides my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I don't need all that. I don't need all that. Me and Miss Elvira don't need all that. We live in a nice little home nearby. I'm not giving you my address. It's nearby, I'll tell you that. And I'm happy where I live. And we're comfortable and that's fine. And my bills are paid and I'm happy. And we got food. 
Amen. I don't think, no, don't get me wrong. I don't think the pastor need to be begging folk for money either because he can't pay his bills because, you know, the pastor ought to be living below the people. I mean, he's a servant of the Lord. Well, wait a minute now, because some folks think that too. That the pastor ought to live below the people because he's a servant of God. The servant of God ought to be poor. I don't believe that either. Thank you, Grandma Betty, because they ain't hearing me. Am I right about a church? Now, I want to share something here because I want you all to know. The people here at Calvary Chapel, as I mentioned, the leadership here at Calvary Chapel, we have what we call a church council. The church council here at Calvary Chapel is a financial oversight board. I don't like, uh, you know, they call them like the financial board. A lot of churches call it the financial board. I don't like the word board. Board is just a bad word. I don't like board. You know what I mean? So I changed it to church council. And they oversee fiscal matters. Uh, we have one, two, two, three meetings, depending on what's going on in the church, as it relates to fiscal matters. The church financial board members... Uh, council members are Pastor Jim Mercendetti, um, and I thought this was important to share with you today as we're talking about financial matters here at Calvary Chapel, is Pastor Jim Mercendetti, uh, who has been here, for how long have you been here, Pastor Jim? 25 years, 22 years? Why am I inching up my numbers this morning? I don't know what I'm doing. 22 years? And then Ken Campbell's been here, I'm going low now, 20 years and Carlton Sutton, 20 years, Donnie Register, 22 years, 20 years, and myself, I've been here a short period of time. And um, <laughs> so it's five of us on this council. And we are extremely mindful. And when I use the word extremely, that is not an over- statement. We're extremely mindful of the money that is spent in this church. And I don't want you to let anybody tell you anything different. We are extremely mindful. Now, I also want to tell you this, that if you've ever, if you ever have a question regarding your tithes and offering here at Calvary Chapel, and you, and you are a giver, you are a tither here to the church, and you have a question. Pastor Lance Bell, you do know this, oversees the administrative financial matters of this church. You are free. We have an open-door policy. You are free to contact Pastor Lance. You probably could just show up during the week and say, Pastor Lance, you have a few minutes. I have some questions about the tithes and offerings. Of I'd like to see the records, if you will, of how things are spent. He's going to give you not everybody's business. Amen. Okay, I'm not going to show you what brother so-and-so gives. We, okay, that's another sermon. I'm going to leave that. Okay, but we will, Pastor Lance is happy to show you anything that is appropriate for you to know. Happy to do that. And if you've ever, ever felt that you have been tricked, bamboozled, hoodwinked, 
coerced into giving money, strong-armed in any way, and you felt uncomfortable, and you like your tithes and your offerings back, Pastor Lance will be happy. He has my authority to give you back your money up to a certain dollar amount. <laughs> Praise the Lord, okay? Now, if it gets too expensive, you've been here too long, we're going to have to put a cap on it. <laughs> you got to say these things to the church, okay? Come on, wave at me. Y'all all right, everybody? Okay, y'all understand, all right? Because we really do really, really believe that, that this is God's money. It's not my money. It's not my church. I'll wait for two people, one person to clap your hands. Not my money. It's not my church. This is God's money. This is God's church. And I really do think that we go out of our way to be above reproach. Now, again, I do tell you that there's no perfect church. But when it comes to these financial matters, we do everything we can to cross the T's and dot the I's. Now, that being said, everybody all right? Say, I'm all right. right. Let's get to the story. This is a good story. It is impossible, at least for me, to teach money matters and not talk about this story. This is a really good story, y'all. The Widow's Two Mites, Mark chapter 12, y'all. This is a powerful, poignant, and I believe sums up the expectations of Jesus concerning the heart and the attitude of true giving, all right? So I'm going to give you a three-point outline. Got your pen? Got your phone? Take a snap. I'm going to give you a three-point outline we'll work from not so long today. Three-point outline. We're going to talk about true giving. Number one, true giving is unpretentious, observed by God's Son. Number two, we'll talk about true giving is sacrificial, prized in God's economy. And then finally, we'll talk about nice and easy today. We'll talk about true giving is reckless. Trust in God's provision. True giving is unpretentious, observed by God's son. True giving is sacrificial, prized in God's economy. And then finally, true giving is reckless trust in God's provision. That being said, saints, Mark chapter 12, and we are picking up in verse 41. We'll read through verse 44. Come back and have some comments. Mark chapter 12, we're looking at verse 41. In verse 41, if you're looking at verse 41, say amen. amen. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury. And he saw, you see that word saw, how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then in verse 42, one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. And so he called to his disciples to himself and he said to them, Assuredly, in verse 43, I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than all those who had given to the treasury, for they 
all put in out of their what, saints? Abundance. Come on, read this with me. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Saints, stop right there. Point number one in our outline, true giving is unpretentious, observed by God's son. So here in Mark chapter 12, we are in the final week of the life of Jesus. And I know that you know this. Jesus was no politically, culturally sensitive preacher. Now, I want you to go back up to verse 38. Jesus said, beware of the scribes and the Pharisees and the scribes who love their robes. They love their greetings. Just look, just peruse with me. They love their greetings in the marketplace. They love to come into the marketplace and people say, hi, Bishop. Hi, right, Reverend, you look wonderful. They love to be invited to the pulpit stage when they come into the church. They love the best seats in the synagogue. And then look at verse 40 in Mark 12, who devour widows' houses. And for pretense, they make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. Again, look at it again, who devour widows' houses. What does that mean? The scribes, watch this, saints, were often estate planners. Scribes would write out legal documents and mismanage estates, wills. They would trick widows to take a loan out on their house and convince them to give the money to the temple. Or they would convince widows to sign over their property to the temple. And they told the widows that if they wanted to be blessed, they needed to give the house to the temple. And then she would sign over the house. And then they would even charge them exorbitant legal fees. And the more money they got from the widows, the more money was in their pockets. So in verse 41, Jesus now is on the temple mount with his disciples. And he's sitting in the court of the women where men and women were allowed and look at verse 41. And Jesus sat down on the bench where he could see people watching, where he could see people, and he's watching them bring their offerings. And they're putting them in one of 13 trumpet-shaped collection boxes. They're trumpet-shaped. And there were different boxes for different offerings. So some people went to the box and they announced their offering. And even some people get this. When they were giving their offering, they would play music. And this was quite a show, you know. And many rich people were coming and making their offering. And I'm sure people were impressed. And some people put money in the box, but not this woman. She comes with her lepta. Lepta. L-E-P-T-A. What's that, Pastor? A lepta is the smallest coin in circulation in Jesus' day. A lepta is almost nothing. So everyone gets their gifts, and everybody is noticing everyone's putting in their money, their leptas, their money. And if it weren't for Jesus, this woman's visit to the temple would have gone unnoticed. And we wouldn't even know the story, would we? Because her offering was so small. I mean, no music when she put her money in. No announcements when she made her offering. Nobody saw her offering. 
But Jesus saw her offering, didn't he? They didn't know her motive for giving, but Jesus knew her motive. Are you listening to me? It made me think of 1 Samuel chapter 16, which says that man looks at the outward, but God looks at the what, saints? Heart. Jesus sat there and watched the giving in the temple or in the church. Saints, I believe that God sees our giving today. And I totally believe that God knows where we're placing our treasures today. Jesus knew this woman's heart. And Jesus knows our heart. Do you believe that? Jesus knew this woman. He knew she gave all she had. And that's all he expected. Let me set you free this morning. I'm going to set you free this morning. God does not expect you to give what you do not have. I think the first time I ever heard that was like, you see, I came from a church background and some of y'all can relate. Some of you can't. I came from a church background where the opposite was taught. It was taught that God expects you to give what you do not have. I came from a background where they told people, give from your credit card. Which is the craziest thing anybody could ever even comprehend. When you give money from your credit card, you're not giving. Visa is giving. How does that even make sense? Thank you, one sister. How does that even make sense? Or give from your welfare check. Or give from your EBT card. I don't even think they had EBT back then. But give from your welfare check. Or give from your food stamps. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.